Have you ever had the thought, when I'm in charge, that'll be different? (laughs) I thought so, and you're not alone. This is often the topic on the podcast. Whether the guests are sharing their learning moments, their called to lead situations, or I'm sharing something I just can't keep to myself, we're in it for the leadership, for those calling forth moments and teachings that are so good we just have to talk about them. I'm Karen Gillen, life coach for business leaders and your host. Let's get to the show. Welcome to the podcast, Tanessa. It has been a journey to get here for both of us, right? Like internet, um, burnout, (laughs) our bodies potentially tanking. I don't know what your story is for how you got to the niche you have, the passion that you have. I can't wait to hear it. Um, But personally, I know what it feels like to tank your body and then have to be on the recovery. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So tell me, tell me who you are in your own words or us, I should say. Yeah. So my name is Tanessa. I am a mama and I'm 36 weeks pregnant right now. So about to be a mama of two. And I run a health consulting business and I work specifically with entrepreneurs to help them feel healthy in their business. Because I find that one of those, those interesting side effects that happens as we grow our businesses is that slowly we stop paying attention to our health. Our sleep becomes a little more compromised. We stop eating the way we'd maybe like to eat. We start passing out on passing some of those workouts instead of, uh, you know, in the, in the name of productivity. And what I do is I love to come in and use really fun tools like sleep and nutrition and, you know, out of the box stress management strategies. And of course, sleep Mm -hmm. to help us really feel optimized so that our brain works and our body works so that we can show up consistently to our business and just feel good doing it. I love it. Okay. In your email to me, use the word brain fog. And I want to define that for everybody. What is brain fog? How do we know if we even have it? Yeah. Isn't that a fun one? Cause it's not like you can walk into your doctor's office and be like, Oh, here's everything I'm experiencing. And they're going to be like, you have brain fog. It's essentially <laughs> like a collection of symptoms. And I like to describe it more how it shows up in our business. So if you've ever like sat down and tried to, I don't know, write copy, or if you've tried to um, feel creative and your brain feels like it's not quite working Mm -hmm. the way you'd like it to, and you're easily distracted, like if your phone goes off or you hear a noise outside and it feels like you take longer to do things than you'd expect them to. And you just feel that inability to stay focused, your concentration's not there, and then you're waking up feeling just this fatigue that lasts all day. And you might get to the afternoon and you get a slump. And by the end of the day, your brain just feels like it doesn't have any juice left. And so what we kind of end up doing is just, you know, spending the evening on Netflix because that's all we have the energy for, but not because that's what we're choosing to do anymore. And I just find that, that, that sense of just clunky and cloudy thinking is preventing us not only from showing up energetically the way we want in our business, but consistently. Because I know firsthand when I'm struggling with brain fog that I'm way more likely to just be like, oh, I'm tired today. I'm just, I'm going to push this till tomorrow. Or, you know, why did that take me four hours to do what normally takes me two? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I like to think of brain fog. It's just your brain does not have that clarity, that crispness, that focus to get stuff done. So what's your story? How did you get here? Why does this matter to you so much? 
Yeah. So I opened my business in 2014 and I was originally a personal trainer. And for the longest time I was working 33 client hours a week. That's where I about settled, which was a lot at the time, but that's why you're in your earlier twenties at the time. And I had the energy to do all that kind of stuff. Um, but as I, you know, grew the business, I was about two years in and I started noticing that a lot of my clients were entrepreneurs. And I was like, what is, what, what is this? Why, why, why are all my clients entrepreneurs? I started mm-hmm. asking them and they said to me, Tanessa, you know what? I came to you originally just to get fit. But what I found is that by taking care of my health, like I'm waking up feeling a lot more energized. I'm enjoying my days more. I'm not getting that afternoon energy crash. I feel really good. And it's really helping me grow my business because I'm not spending so much time and I'm able to actually be present with my family outside of work and the energy that it created. And it was so much fun to hear that, that I wondered at the time, I was like, well, this is just with fitness. What would happen if I went and got further education in nutrition? And I started working on sleep. So over you know the next couple of years, all of this rolled into each other. And when I finally moved, it was about five years ago, moved online to start helping entrepreneurs. That's when I really started to see how normal it was in the entrepreneurial community for us to look around at each other and be like, oh, you're tired? Oh, me too. Oh, you get those energy crashes? Me too. This has to be normal. And we really just stopped questioning if this is how we want to feel every day in our businesses. So we, we just continued to like think that it's so normal to feel exhausted all of the time when I just like to question, like, is it possible that feeling this way doesn't have to be normal for me? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and you said you're 36 weeks pregnant. So I'm curious, mm-hmm. like, what do you, do you do anything different postpartum? Cause you're going to have a business and a baby and a toddler. Like what, <laughs> what are you thinking about your own recovery from that major body event? Yeah. Well, you know what the fun thing is, is I added sleep as the, as the final layer into my business when I was four months postpartum with Uh my first daughter, because I remember thinking, I remember specifically showing up to a client call. I had the energy, but my brain wasn't there because my sleep was so interrupted. And I remember showing up to that client call being like, my brain isn't working properly. (laughs) I'm experiencing some pretty severe sleep deprivation fragmentation right now. But if I'm experiencing it like this, all my clients must be experiencing this on a low grade level and maybe they don't even know it. So what if we could take their brains from like 50% and get them working at 90%? And that's when sleep became something that I... I, on Instagram live over four months, changed my sleep and posted all of the the data for my wearable trackers. And everyone got to see that like, oh, even if my sleep is fragmented right now, look what I was able to do with it. Look Mm -hmm. how I was able to improve it. So to answer your question, going into this next phase where I have a toddler and I'm going to have a baby, I already know that so many of the things that I have put in place give me space and cushion that I didn't know about last time. Meaning like, Mm -hmm. even though my sleep is going to be fragmented, I know so many things that I can do to improve the sleep I am getting to make it a lot easier. But I mean, also we're going to be retiring my husband when this baby arrives. So it is going to be a gift to be able to have that support this time, that last time I only had for six weeks. So I'm imagining this time might be a little bit easier because of that too. Oh, I imagine so. Yeah. (laughs) Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. So if you were in charge, what would you do differently? What would you say if I had a magic wand and I could help every entrepreneur do this thing differently? Like what comes up? What do we really need? 
Yeah. The, you know, what's funny, if you'd have asked me this question two years ago, I would have been like, well, there are four pillars of health and we need to master them and they are sleep and nutrition and stress and movement. But I have learned after working with so many people that it is the sleep that is the foundation. It is like the idea of, you know, the rising tide that lifts all boats. Mm-hmm. It makes our brain work better in such a way when we are not only getting enough sleep, but quality sleep Mm -hmm. that every other area, whether it's making the food choices, whether it's consistently showing up for the workout or recovering from the workout or managing our stress or being resilient to the things that come up in our business, sleep is that foundation that when that is in place and we're getting high quality sleep, everything else just gets easier. So that's the big domino. Like if I get this one thing knocked out of the park everything else will fall into place. Yeah. I, one of the, one of the, the things that I really love to talk to entrepreneurs about, because we're an interesting, we're an interesting community. We always think, well, if I could just get to these five figure months or this 10, you know, $10,000 here or this big launch or, you know, my six figure year or whatever it is, then I will have time when I can outsource, when I can bring on an assistant, when my kids are older, then I can have my health. But What I always ask people to think about here is think about how your brain is showing up in your business right now. If you could bring your brain up in its performance, even 10 or 20%, what if you could get done in your normal five-hour day what used to get done in six hours? So if it took you six and it's now taking you five, you've now created some time. That is when you start filling it in with maybe you want to go for a walk, take a yoga class. Maybe you want to start, you know, paying attention to what we're eating and start cooking differently. So I love to use sleep as the the kind of the fundamental thing that lets us create the time to start filling in all of the other things we want to do with our health. Love it. Yeah. And I love that it's something that you do horizontal well, not efforting. Oh, and it's free and we're already doing it. Like how low of a barrier do we have? (laughs) But also, isn't it funny that something like that is still hard to move the needle on for some folks sometimes? Yeah, it is. And that's why I'm a really big advocate for like the wearable technology because- You're going to tell me on this. Tell me everything. Yeah. So I mean, even right now, as we're speaking, I am wearing a Fitbit and I'm also wearing an Oura Ring and both of them track everything from- my breathing rate while I sleep, my temperature, my how my brain goes through different sleep phases at night. And I mean, I really love this stuff. So I mean, both of them are definitely not necessary. Mm-hmm. But we think about this. When when I got my first Fitbit, I the whole reason I got it was because I was like, I'm going to be very healthy and pregnant and I'm going to take all the steps and that's going to be my thing. But nobody warns you in pregnancy about the pelvic pain that comes. Ooh, yeah. So I was sidelined for that. But I was like, oh, look at this. It also tracks my sleep. Interesting. And I was one of those people that was like, no, I get my seven and seven and a half hours. I'm fine. I remember skipping through other people's Instagram stories and posts and it's not that sexy. I'd rather be more productive. I'd rather Mm -hmm. exercise. But the first thing I found about sleep started really shaking everything I thought I might know. And what I realized was we don't spend the time asleep we think we will. So our brain actually takes time from the moment we close our eyes to fall asleep. We wake up at the end of every sleep cycle, whether we consciously remember it or not, that's awake time. Sometimes we get up in the middle of the night because our pets wake us up or we have to use the washroom 
then we are also spending time coming out of sleep on the other end. And when I analyze all of the data from the entrepreneurial clients I've worked with, I can clearly say most entrepreneurs are awake between an hour and an hour 15 per night if you add all these times up. So if we're giving ourselves a sleep opportunity of seven and a half hours and you're awake an hour and a half, you are now only sleeping six hours a night and our brains are not getting the recovery that they need to work properly. So really being like, oh, if I want seven and a half hours of sleep and I am the average person, I need to be in bed for eight and a half hours to allow for that. And when we start to see that, those little changes, just even getting longer sleep, not necessarily higher quality sleep. Then we really start to feel our brains ramp up in performance. And you're like, oh, this is the good stuff that I've been missing. Mm -hmm. That's what, um, I love a night where I give myself nine hours, whether I'm sleeping, laying there, resting, whatever, but those are my best, definitely my best days after that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. Because mm -hmm. we get enough sleep. Mm -hmm. Okay. So tell me about becoming the most magnetic version of ourselves, which is something I say a lot in terms of marketing and like living aligned with your values or your human design. But talk to me about it from your perspective. Yeah. So I am of the belief that our job as coaches, as entrepreneurs is to activate something in our audience. Yes. Because we are lightning rods. Yeah. Right. Because at the, at the end of the day, I mean, as a health consultant, I am giving great information on sleep, but you could also go and Google this information or you could read a book, right? Or we could self-study. But at the end of the day, like I'm of the belief that when we can show up in our businesses in a way where our energy is magnetic, we can activate something in other people where people are like, I want to be around that energy. I am drawn into it. I, I want some of that. How do I want to feel like that? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that comes across so much more than any copy that you could write, any images that you could pose. I feel that we are really good at sussing out intention and energy behind posts, regardless of how good we are at writing. Yep. So when my brain is clear and you combine that with passion for what you do and you combine that with the energy you need to show up, I feel like that's what creates that magnetism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's powerful. It sure is. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, I've had experiences where when I'm my most aligned version of myself, I can just be like doing random things and people are like, I think I need to hire you. I'm like, no, no, I'm just here to have fun. <laughs> They're like, like, yeah, that, was, that wasn't a call to action, but yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I do know how to help you. Let's do this. Yes. So, I mean, I love to take this podcast and think about if it were a paid program for people, what's one piece of homework that they could take away from this lesson with us. And I think this is a perfect time for you to to challenge the listener with like, if you do one thing, what would it be? So you want like an actionable strategy, something that would improve our yes. sleep or maybe a mindset shift? Your choice. You're the teacher. Mm. I would first start questioning, like we said, why do we have this dichotomy of thinking that we cannot have our health and a successful business at the same time? At what point did we decide that both of those 
cannot coexist. And from there, I always think that it comes down to the fact that we think of health as something that adds onto our to-do list and creates something that takes up more time. But the way I like to look at health is this. If I'm not getting more energy out of something that I am putting in, it doesn't have a place. And so one of the biggest recommendations I can get is find some way to track or optimize what we're doing, either with that's with an Apple Watch or a Fitbit, because what we can see is if, if, for example, you set the goal of like, I just want to be in bed an extra half an hour a night, that's the goal. And then I can actually see if I'm achieving it and I can measure, do I actually feel better because of it? Am I creating more efficiency? If the answer is yes, we keep it. It's giving us more energy than it's taking. Because as entrepreneurs, we don't have time to do a million health habits. So I really want to get good at figuring out what works for me and not just doing something because somebody on the internet said we should, or it worked for a friend. We're always evaluating, like, does this health habit have a positive benefit on me? Do I feel healthier, more energized, focused? Is my thinking clearer? Do I have more time in my life to do the things I want to do? So constantly evaluating. And I feel like wearable technology is a really kind of fun, modern way to quantify if we're meeting those goals. That's fun. Okay. Thank you for that. So what, I mean, I think your question gets at, for them, gets at my next question for you is why, why do we do that? Why do we think that if I can be successful in this one area, then I have to throw the rest of my life under the bus? Yeah. I think it's because of that perception that there's not enough time to do it all. You know, I think we really do believe that, like, if I could just get here. And I think we, we, I mean, it, it happens in all areas of our lives, but I feel like we, we buy into that idea of it'll be a better condition when this happens. Mm-hmm. We'll just have that bit more time. And then when I get there, oh, I'm going to have all of this time. It's going to be great. When I get a nanny, then I'm going to be able to do my workouts. But one of the things that I like is I love the idea of just being really messy. So, I mean, having a two and a half year old right now, my options are either I work out during my work time, which I mean, sometimes I do do because that makes me feel better or I work out with her and does she end up crying sometimes and I have to pause the workout video or end it 20 minutes in, or maybe only get a 20 minute workout. Yes. But what I'm not choosing to say is like, oh, my two-year-old is home. And for me, I don't, that doesn't work. And it might not work for everyone, but I'm willing to have it be messy or cry, have to end it early uh, in order to make those little spaces for me to do that. So I think that that's one of those things that's, it's, we just don't, the situation, the circumstances don't all need to be perfect in order to start. And it's okay if, even if you do start and they don't go the way you planned and it was a giant fail, you just learn for next time. Okay. Next time we are going to have Encanto playing on the side (laughs) so that she has something to distract her instead of play with, you know, the bands or whatever I'm using at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. So you're saying it doesn't have to be perfect. You can do it in your home. People can watch, people can watch Disney movies off on the side. Like it can all work. It can all work, even if you're waking up in the middle of the night and all you can hear is the sound of Encanto playlist <laughs> haunting your dreams. It's happened for a while. I had to take a break. <laughs> yeah. So how has this worked out for you personally? Like you have been on this journey yourself for a while, mm-hmm. building business, building family and building yeah. greater health and greater sleep. So tell yeah. us a little bit about what's working for you. 
Yeah, I am in love with just the energy that I continue to create. And I mean, all of us are passionate at what we do. And we know that feeling of like, a being like deeply obsessed with continuing that own journey. So like for me, I feel like there is no bottom to the barrel of learning. And it's almost like frustrating in a good way. Cause you're just like, I feel like I've mastered everything that I would love to teach my clients. And then you find out something else. Like mm-hmm. just the other week, I started exploring this concept of how the intensity and brightness of light we experience at different times of the day affects our, our energy, our serotonin production, our wakefulness. And so I, you know, being the nerd that I am with all of this, went and downloaded a light meter on my phone and I'm walking around pointing it at everything because I am so curious. And like, it's that constant self-experimentation and knowing that I go first, I'm the guinea pig first. So I will like, for example, what I did last week was I spent every morning outside for 10 minutes and I made sure that my eyes were exposed to at least a thousand lux, which is a cloudy day here in Vancouver, Canada. Mm -hmm. And I was noticing how clear am I today? How energetic am I today? Is this worth my time in the morning? And constantly experimenting on that. And then I have what I call my two guinea pigs, which are my sister and my husband who are always like, what are you learning this week? (laughs) But, you know, bringing them in. And then there's always that, you know, subset of clients who are like, what are you working on right now? What are you learning? Can you teach me about that right now? Mm -hmm. And it's just so exciting because it's always like the step forward in my own health journey, but seeing how excited my clients are to come along with that. It's so much fun. So as, as far as my health journey, like it's always about just that next thing that feels fun. Not mm-hmm. that I should be doing, but like what is actually interesting right now? Yeah. I think yeah. using the hacks of our brain that we already have about what feels fun. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about that in my own house uh, about an hour ago. Like, how come I like to do that so much? Why am I so interested in having that happen? It's my thoughts about it are like, well, wouldn't that be cool? What if we did it like this? Would that be really fun? Like if we could think about everything that way, everything's easier. That has been my husband and my life motto is it has to be fun. Let it be fun. Like even like going through all the, you know, ups and downs of being pregnant, all the ups and downs of labor last time, there's a a good video of me that he has where I'm like, this this is fun between contractions. I'm like, we did this on purpose. Like I'm choosing to do this. Like overall, like I know this moment isn't that great, but constantly seeking out fun is, is huge for me. And I think that goes back to what we were talking about earlier about being magnetic Mm -hmm. and activating people is when people see you are having fun, they want to come along with that because I mean, don't we all want health to be fun? Mm -hmm. Who wants it to feel like a drag, right? Yeah. 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 Can I ask some um, questions that are totally selfish for me? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Red light therapy. Ooh, so red light therapy is an interesting one. Um, right now, I, it's funny. I was literally considering I'm so obsessed with light right now was just um, listening to a really good podcast. If anyone listening is really science nerdy, there's a podcast called Huberman Lab and he died. I was did listening a- to this morning about sauna. <laughs> Oh, so there you go. Right. So there's different research. Uh, Basically when you're using red light, it's able to penetrate the body and the skin a lot deeper. So there's so many uses coming in terms of like, um, healing skin, uh, injuries and acne and stuff like that, and potentially for mood and stuff like that. But how I use red light in my life right now is to modulate 
my melatonin, that's the sleep hormone production in the evening. Mm -hmm. So what we do in our house is I really want to have optimized sleep. And one of the best cues for good sleep is the color and intensity and brightness of light that you have in your evening. So about two to three hours before bed, I will turn off all overhead lighting. I will turn on lower lighting to kind of imitate like the sun going down. Mm -hmm. We will switch to yellow, like deep yellow bulb tones in the evening, which isn't exactly red, but my husband and I both have red lens glasses that go on about an hour and a half before bed. And they tell my brain, look, the sun has set. You should probably start producing some of those sleep hormones, getting what, you know, getting ready to go to sleep, wind down. And there's nothing more. I love falling than falling asleep with a book in my hand with my red glasses on because red light cues your brain to sleep. Whereas blue and white light cues your brain to wake up and blue and white light is often what's coming from our screen and a lot of the incandescent lighting indoors. So I'm really conscious of using that to cue my brain for sleep before I turn the lights out for the night. Nice. I have a a friend gave me a red light reading, like a book lamp. You clamp onto your book. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm also wearing my blue light blocking glasses right now because I just notice I feel way better when I actually remember to wear them. Mm -hmm. Especially when you're on the computer for a while because of the eye strain and stuff like that. Absolutely. But yeah, that's another thing that I'll recommend to my clients who don't have the glasses um, is just swap your bedside table out then the lighting out for a red bulb or one of those color changing bulbs. You can actually get smart bulbs that you can program to change the color of light on the time of day. So you could literally just program it an hour before you want to be asleep to turn all your light bulbs red. And that will really help your sleep and your brain wind down and you'll feel a lot more well rested the next day. So it seems like lighting might have an impact with feelings of anxiousness. And then that turning everything off at night, like the people whose brains are really running. Mm -hmm. Is that true or am I making that up? No, absolutely true. There was actually a study that was recently published. Um, I had someone send it to me. And then of course I heard it on a podcast that I was listening to from this Huberman Lab podcast as well. But you know how we've heard before, get good blackout curtains, make sure there's no lighting in your room. There's actually been a recent study that's come out showing that if there is even like low dim lighting while you're trying to sleep. Think if you fall asleep with the TV on, or maybe there's like indicator lights that are on your devices around the room that it has the effect of raising your heart rate while you sleep instead of lowering it and decreasing what's called your heart rate variability, which is just your body's measure of stress. So when your heart rate variability goes down, your body is in a more fight or flight state. So they found that sleeping in even a moderately dim room has the effect of increasing heart rate, increasing stress, and thereby increasing cortisol, which leads to those increased feelings of anxiety Mm -hmm. and overwhelm and everything like that. So I love to do with my clients what's called the hand test. So right when you go to sleep and right when you wake up, hold your hand six inches from your face. If you can see it, there's too much light in the room. So that might mean taking some electrician's tape onto your device, all the lights. That might mean getting a better pair of blackout curtains. The other thing that I really like to make sure is that um, if other people are awake at different times in the house, that they know not to throw a door open and light up your whole room at night. So Mm -hmm. just being conscious of maybe turn out the hall light, then come in. So little things like that. And then of course, I mean, wearing an eye mask is a wonderful way to really help you sleep a lot better. Yeah. 
I was thinking about um, travel and going to hotel rooms, bringing that electrician's mm-hmm. tape. Because hotel rooms, I feel like, have at least 25 little <laughs> indicator lights everywhere in the room. I know. They have a Wi-Fi router right in front of your face by your bed, too. And, and, mm-hmm. and if you're in a room with a kitchen, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> There's a clock on everything. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I like to talk about the long game in terms mm-hmm. of what you're up to. What are your personal goals long-term of, you know, nerding out in this direction? Yeah. So like meaning health-wise, what I would love to achieve. Yeah. I have, I have this vision right now. Um, when I am postpartum, I want to intentionally design the health plan that I would love to live from the ground up. Because whether, you know, you're in the place where, your business has gotten busy, you have kids, there's a lot on your plate and there's a lot of stuff you'd like to do, or you're like me and I'm basically going to be starting from zero. I mean, my food hasn't been normal, just naturally with food aversions and stuff like that. My sleep has not been normal, right? My body is experiencing stress. I'm watching all the indicators on my devices and it's like, your, your heart rate was up late last night. I'm like, I know I'm producing a human. I'm working on it. (laughs) But basically what I, what I would love to do is create create this ideal plan from the ground up. And I actually want to do it as like a monthly series on my podcast and show every month the small changes I make with the intention that this is a year long series and show that making changes to your health doesn't have to be all everything at once, super intense, time intensive. I can't do it with kids and I'm running a business. So I'm wanting to show, okay, Ground zero, day one, haven't worked out in a long time. You know, I want to start by getting 5,000 steps this month, every single day. Mm-hmm. And showing that in real time progress as I fulfill all of these things that I would love to try, because I think that's where we get stuck is this idea that like, well, where do I start? What would you start with if you were starting at ground zero again and watching that build process in lifetime and seeing how simple it can be and that mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be, you know, five, one hour workouts, eating no sugar, no flour all the time, sleeping nine hours a night, perfection in order to be healthy, that it can literally just start with, okay, I just need to move a bit more. That's, that's the goal for the next two weeks, move more. And then kind of creating, seeing what I can create with that, starting from where I am. Yeah. And your face looks really excited, which is not (laughs) usually what you see when people are like, ah, you know what I want? Slow incremental change. Doesn't that sound fun? (laughs) You know what? I think I've been through enough of the like, let's try and overhaul everything and have it not work that at this time. And you know what the beautiful thing about the postpartum period is that, is that you don't get that choice. I can't go back to what I did. Right. Like I <laughs> no. don't have that choice to go back to the workouts that I was doing a year ago. I literally will be thrilled because right now I can get about 2000 steps per day before my whole hips are like, no, 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 no. Yeah. So looking at it as like an appreciation of like, yes, three months ago, I couldn't even do a bike ride where I could stand up on the pedals. And here I am today because, you know, having to do low impact seated rides for the last six months. I miss that. And I'm really looking forward to how grateful I'm going to feel for all the things that I can do that I wasn't doing before. Yeah. 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 And watching it. I mean, one of the things that most of us are terrible at is seeing progress, but it seems like you're so tuned in and excited to even look for it, which is 
yeah. a different um, focus point for sure. Yeah. Well, it's not even tuned into, it's not even just tuning in to look for it, but it's like putting opportunities in front of me to see it. And that's again, one of the reasons why I always am like one of the best investments you can make in your health is just some way to see the change you're making. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I mean, how do you really know if you're getting better quality sleep? If you can't see, am I getting enough dream sleep? Am I actually getting enough deep sleep? Learning what those targets are, you know what I mean? And then like, what are the things that help that? Can I do one of those things this week? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Is there anything else you want to say about any of these things before I ask you some completely unrelated questions? Oh, nothing off the top of my head. Okay. You can always, you have a few minutes at the end too, if you want. Okay. But I'm curious, what's one thing that you won't travel without? Oh, one thing <laughs> you should see already what I have packed in my hospital bag that has nothing to do with this baby. And that would give you a small clue. I have almost an entire like purse size bag full of things that I love for sleep. Um, and they, just to give you a couple of them, I have a sound machine, which I then went and bought my own when my daughter moved out of my room, because I was like, I need that. Mm -hmm. Um, I travel with earplugs. I travel with an eye mask. I travel with my red glasses, um, that I wear before bed. I love a good lavender mist before mm -hmm. bed. I travel with either a book paperback or Kindle. Um, these are all things I have like literally a sleep kit, my whole like nighttime wind down cream. Like it's a whole experience of going to sleep. That you sounds know? luxurious. So, yeah. Oh yeah. And it's funny. I literally just got sent in the mail a couple weeks ago. Um, and I'm so about this. They sent a, um, a blackout, a portable blackout curtain. And I was like, gosh, did you guys pick the right target for this? And I was like, it literally can be put up in any room and completely black it out. Because when I went to an Airbnb last September, we were east facing and the sun destroyed my morning sleep every morning. So I, this will now be in my bag. But I mean, even just thinking about the environment in the hospital going through last time without like at least an eye mask, that's definitely something. Those are so hard to sleep in. They, they don't really make them like optimally, uh, the light is not optimally designed for good healing because healing comes through sleep. Yeah. So this time I am on my game heading into that hospital. <laughs> right. Oh, good luck. What's a favorite restaurant experience that you've had? A favorite restaurant experience. It's probably going to, actually, you know what it is. Every, do, do they have Denny's in the States or is yeah. it just a Canadian restaurant? Okay. So they have free breakfasts on your birthday or free meals on your birthday. And I'm not saying that this is high quality food that is going to help with your brain fog by any means, right. but they have a lumberjack slam there and it's pretty much the most food you can fit on a plate. <laughs> <laughs> And every single year for probably about the last seven or eight years, we all get up, meaning me, my husband, and now my daughter, my sister and her husband and my family, my parents, and we all meet there at like 630 in the morning and celebrate the birthday of the person who obviously we're there for. So that's one of my favorites actually, because it's such just like a, it's for the free birthday meal, but it's also such a tradition at this point. <laughs> amazing. So you're there about every month then. That's a lot of family members. Yeah, not everyone plays that game, but my okay. husband, me, and my sister. So it's right. definitely three times a year. 
<laughs> that seems like the right amount of times to make it yeah. to Denny's the year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a good greasy breakfast to make you completely foggy and crash all day. We don't plan any serious work those days. <laughs> That's funny. How do you link into your local community? My local community. So mm-hmm. I actually still keep a very, very small number of in-person personal training clients. Um, because for me, like that is a connection to my roots and where I came from. And it's not where my business is now. It's not even necessarily the community now, but it is, it is where I came from. And these are people that I have these long standing relationships. Like these people have been clients since 2015. So Mm -hmm. we're like seven, eight year clients. And with that comes, I work, I work out of a very small community studio, not one of the big gyms. And it's one of those things where, you know, everybody and you know what they're working on their names and what their injuries are. And you know what I mean? Everyone is just friends. And so, um, you know, pre pandemic, I was right up until one week past my due date. I was due in February, 2020. So right smack in the middle of it all. But I ran a boot camp up until one week postpartum. And there was like 25 people that would come to this boot camp. And so staying in my roots that way and in the fitness community has been great. And you know, when group classes do start coming back more, that's something I definitely want to plug back into because the energy on those kind of classes, you just can't replicate anywhere Mm -hmm. else. It's so nice too to be, you know, so much of our online work is sort of, I call it the invisible arts. Mm. And that's somewhere where you really get to even smell people. <laughs> I know. It's like, it's like, oh my gosh, I got to have a real conversation. My husband always says like, your online business is doing so great. You don't have to go all the way to the studio just to work with the, I'm like, no, but those are real people. Like, <laughs> like. I yeah. actually get to see them and, and talk with them and there's different people right. and it's like, and it's leaving the house and there's not a baby napping in the next room. You, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like a sense of just being a, a real human still, you know, mm-hmm. in all of that. Yeah. I mean, even as an online entrepreneur, I think it's great for us to have those places to go to, too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What's a myth that other people believe about you that you let them keep? Hmm. I think a lot of people think that I am very outgoing as like an extrovert, but I am the biggest introvert. Like I'm secretly one of those people that when plans are canceled, I'm like, yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. I get to read tonight. I'm like definitely one of those people. My family knows very much with me that Tanessa has an energetic time limit and it's not because I'm running out of the energy that we talk about, you know, as far as with your sleep and your food, but it is a, almost like an environmental, like I have a tolerance of about two to three hours of being around large groups and then I want to recharge. Mm -hmm. And so my family knows for me that that is definitely something, but I mean, coming off online, like I love to talk. I have a musical theater background. I love to do my podcasts and I have a lot of energy but I also really love to nap and read and be by myself a lot. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm an introvert, despite the fact that I show up in the world online as an extrovert. Yeah, I love it. It's not an yeah. uncommon one that we hear around here. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> and then where can people find you if they want to check out what you're up to? Yeah. So like I said, I had my podcast, Becoming Limitless. And the great thing about that is if you're, if you heard one tip today where you're like, I, I like that, but I need more. Every episode is a deep dive into exactly how you can apply it, what it is and how it affects your business. 
which is so fun. And there's all kinds of hacks all across the spectrum. And that is the biggest thing I'm looking forward to getting back to postpartum is my podcast. Cause I needed to create some space for some naps mm-hmm. to give myself the energy I needed. So that, um, is a great thing that's becoming limitless, but otherwise I'm on Instagram at Tanessa Shears. I'm on there all the time, posting stories, what I'm up to, what I'm interested in currently, what I'm nerding out over and kind of sharing what I learned along the way. Awesome. Well, thank yeah. you for being here and for sharing the, the good side of nerding out. Oh, is there yeah, a bad so side? Fun. I don't even know if there's a bad side to nerding out. I find it fun oh. to do these deep dives into like what one person's brain is really into. Oh, totally. Right. Because we're all so different. There's so many things to get excited about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But thanks for sharing your brain with us. And uh, I hope people go check out your Instagram at least to see your postpartum experimentation in action. Oh, it's going to be so fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you for being here for this episode of the podcast. And before you go, I want to check in and see if you're a coach and you'd like to have a little fun making the next 10K in your business. If that's you, I've got just the thing. My course, Lead Your Profit, is everything in my business brain for coaches, all in one place, organized so that you can utilize it in an easy way to go make your next 10K. So if that sounds good, just go to the show notes. Link is in the comments. It's also accessible on my website. I hope you go grab that for yourself. I love it and I'd love for you to have it. It's only $197.